Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the Cats. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking to Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by I Am Third Sports. We'll tell you more about them in just a bit. We're going to talk the UK basketball fraternity being fake country. And some more football today, and maybe dip into some basketball recruiting as well. Uh, but Kyle, let's let's start with. I guess I need to. I I don't know if I need to issue a public apology. I think so. A I correction. Think, I don't know exactly. I think, I, know I think a public apology. How to handle this? But um, I, I the media is out to get everybody with UK football, including myself, because. I tweeted out the words and video of what Logan Stenberg had to say about his teammate Landon Young, and I mean the words were were pretty clear. Stenberg said of Young, he grew up in Lexington, which is not very redneck, but he claims to be super country. Mm. I just tweeted out the video, man. I mean that's that is quite an insult. Fighting words in the grand scheme of things, specifically to to Landon Young. And well, I gotta, we've talked about the team photo where Logan Stenberg looks like he came out of a Vineyard Vines catalog for plus size men, and Landon Young is wearing his plaid farm shirt, his boots, his jeans. Got got the bunch of farm rigs hanging from his belt loop. I think he's got like a tractor pull. Uh, chain on his belt loop, and I'm pretty sure he's got a dip in his mouth. Maybe not. That might have been Logan. I think. Um, also, but, the the. I mean, he he looked pretty country there. The outfit was not pressed together. I mean, I think the oh, only iron that Landon Young knows about is when he's putting up some kind of structure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I tweeted that out, and I got a reply from his mother on Twitter. Landon Landon's Young's mother. She replied, we have a 460-acre farm in western Kentucky, brag, where Landon was born, and he and his dad spend many weekends there farming. Hashtag, he is real country. I love the, uh, like, hey, listen here, buddy. We are rednecks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's pretty fantastic. I I love it. I mean, uh, I like the back and forth. I like that... uh, you know, I, I like that Landon's mom is uh, speaking truth to power, you know, is not going to let you get away with slandering her son, that he is a genuine born and raised redneck. As I said, We'll never question that again. As I said on social media, I took it as a joke between teammates, um, so I wasn't serious. And then confirmation of my theory was recently tweeted by Logan Stenberg himself, who said, just a joke, dot, 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 within an, an emoji of the of one of the dudes with their eyebrow like raised up <laughs> really high. So, I think the I think the Kentucky football team should have a country fight Olympics. Like throwing hay bales? Where Cash Daniel, uh Get a Landon pig. Young. Does Drake Jackson qualify? I mean he never puts off the vibe of being super country. A super country. But I mean his his parents like Smoke barbecue for a living. They're pretty. That's pretty, that's I mean, pretty he's, southern. He's relatively country, I think. Uh, but whoever else wants to get in on, it, I mean, I think they ought to have a country fight Olympics. Just 
look, you say you're a country boy, get out there, prove your bona fides. You know, whatever the events are, I think you ought to be able to husk corn, shuck peas. These are things I did as a kid. People don't think of me as a country boy, but I grew up in the country as country as it gets out in Tennessee. My grandparents farmed the land and I would, every summer, I built outhouses and sheds. We, I mean, my grandparents still had an outhouse. I mean, they had indoor plumbing, but if you're out in the middle of the field and you had to go, you know, more than number one, you needed a place to sit with a hole in the ground. Uh, I know about coal oil. Do you know about that? It's the cure oil. Have we talked about that on this podcast? I don't think podcast? we talked about that. Coal oil, as my grandpa used to say, coal oil. It is, I think castor oil, I think is the same thing. Uh, it's incredible. If you like smash your thumb with a hammer, which I did frequently as a kid trying to learn how to hammer with my grandpa, uh, who wore bibbed overalls with one button unstrapped, hanging down. And so I did that too. I had my little kid on overalls with one button hanging down. But you put that stuff in a rag and like soak it in a rag and like wrap it around your smash thumb and it takes the pain away, like completely. It's a crazy thing. Coal oil. So you have a, we have a quiz at the Countryfied Olympics. Do you know what coal oil is? <laughs> Can you husk corn? Can you shuck peas? Can you... Uh, clean a fish, I think, has got to be... Clean a fish. Thing. Now, that, I would fail there. Well, I know. My that's... family, we were never big fish, fishing people, and uh, so I couldn't do that. Uh, dress a deer, probably, be another one. In what? <laughs> Christmas outfit. <laughs> Uh, in stitch in the nuts. What's our twillery? Twillery. <laughs> um, yeah, I like. I think I like it. Throw hay bales. How far can you throw hay bales? Can you wrestle a pig? Yeah, get that grease pig mm-hmm. and coal. I like and, it. And try to go catch it. Let's do it. All right. If you, if you guys are out there listening, if you if, if you say you're bona fide country, prove it. Vit, have the UK video team. Go out there. I mean, talk about a team bonding experience. Oh, my gosh. Have the city boys gather around and see what it's like. <laughs> All those, you know, the Lexing, you know, like Landon Young would be on this. Which, which side would he be on? Would he be a city a city boy? Lexington city boy? It's on Twitter. And his I mean, mom says not, but we'll, we'll, he'll have to choose sides. So <laughs> you want to be a city boy spectator or does he want to get down in the mud and prove? But, I mean, this, con, this would be hashtag content for gold for the summertime. It'd be fantastic. And then Drake Jackson's family can bring some barbecue over and Yeah. There you go. So to clear everything. It's an up, idea. What brought this upon in the SEC Media Day, what was which was in the electronic media room where this interview took place, and I'll retweet what Stenberg had to say from the show account at Locked On UK is basically he was just talking about the offensive line being a bunch of characters and being some goofballs and then he proceeded to tell how they used they just make fun of Landon all the time because he's from Lexington but he's country and as we've now found out he is real hashtag real country I think it's great too the idea that Lexington is this uh uh metropolitan (laughs) I mean comparative to the rest of the state I guess it is but that, I've, I see plenty of country on a daily basis right here in Lexington. Yeah, there's farms all over the place. I mean, Lots you, of green. You, have, you literally only have to drive like five minutes from any city place in Lexington to get to a horse farm. 
Mm-hmm. That's what I tell people. That's one of the coolest things about it. Like if you're out in Hamburg at, you know, this, you know, shopping, uh, shopping island they've created out in Hamburg with all these shops and restaurants, you can like take one turn, drive for three minutes and you're in the middle of a, you know, hundred year old horse farm. It's awesome. All right. That's going to do it for the country talk. Do you have a, any other suggestions for the country Olympics? Shoot them at Locked On UK on Twitter. Coming up next, we are going to get into the UK basketball fraternity, which Kyle wrote about at his time down in Summer League. But right now, I need to tell you about I Am Third Sports. I Am Third is based on a simple belief that Jesus Christ is first, others are second, and I Am Third. Founded in 1997, I Am Third Sports has grown to become the largest youth recreation program in Kentucky. They use sports ministries to provide competitive youth athletics through a positive environment. From now and through August, they're offering top-of-the-line camps for all types of athletes, soccer, basketball, golf, tennis, equine, baseball, volleyball, flag football, and even a Ninja Warrior course. To find out more about I Am Third Sports and to register for the summer camps, visit imthird.org. That's I-A-M, the number three, R-D, dot O-R-G, or email I Am Third Director Jeremy Hobbs at I Am Third, just like the website, I-A-M, the number three, R-D, at LexChurch.com. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Okay, let's discuss this fraternity, Kyle, that UK basketball is now gotten in the summer league, so much so that... Pi Kappa Alpha? There's some kind of cal in there, Sigma isn't there? Alpha Epsilon. I don't know. I don't know all the... I'm not... I don't speak Greek. Yeah, me either. But, yeah, there's a fraternity at Kentucky Summer League. By the way, where do you think Las Vegas is? You said I was down in the Summer League. That's just something you say. Oh, okay. Uh, is it got low altitude? <laughs> no, I think it's high altitude. Comparatively to well, the rest flat, of the rock, but yeah, compared um, to the rest of the Rockies, fly over the Grand Canyon, flying out there, it's beautiful. It, it's interesting because uh, one of the most interesting things in the story is that Bam Adebayo sort of takes. I mean, I think it can only be interpreted as a Duke shot. Uh, you know, Cal Perry for years said La, La Familia, uh, brothers keeper, all that stuff. And then Duke basketball adopted the Brotherhood, the Brotherhood, uh, as their sort of slogan. Uh, and Bam Adebayo said in this story, when I talked to him out there, he said, I, I asked him you know, about the, is there pride in being a Kentucky guy in the NBA? Because there's so many of you that you guys like walk around, and puff your chest out at just the sheer numbers. Because uh, I, think, I think they've had... Uh, like 14 more NBA draft picks than anybody in the Calipari era in the 10 years. I think Duke is in second, but by a wide margin second. Um, you know, is there pride in that? And he said, yeah, because there are some schools. And he said, I ain't going to name no names uh, who think they can compete with us in terms of presence. And he was like, but just look around. There were 13 guys on rosters. There were another 10 or 12 just there watching Anthony Davis, Carl Towns, Willie Cauley-Stein, Julius Randle, Devin Booker, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Uh, all those guys were out there at Summer League. So there's like, at a given time, there were like 24, like two dozen Kentucky guys. 
uh, out at NBA Summer League. So, you know, you're not going to see that anywhere else. Um, and, and it's something that I wanted to do, I kind of set out to do going out there because I've noticed following Summer League stuff um, over the years on social media that it's, it seems like those guys all kind of get together out there. And Cal Perry usually flies out there and takes them out to dinner. He didn't this year because he had family stuff and then he went recruiting. Peach Jam was right in the middle of uh, Summer League this year. Um. But they were getting together on their own, which I thought was interesting. Like uh, Tyler Hero and PJ Washington, the first night in summer league in Las Vegas, where you could do like anything, anything, literally anything. <laughs> uh, they went to the mall together. Like it's just really, that, I don't know why that struck me as funny and just like kind of tickled me. But like, hey, uh, we're in Vegas, man. This, we're like millionaires now. You uh, any ideas? Let's go to the food court <laughs> at the Las Vegas Municipal Mall or whatever. Uh, I'm going to get a burger from one place and fries from another yeah, place. Yeah, let's go crazy. <laughs> uh, so they went to the mall. Uh, Winyan and Hami went to Benihana. By the way, Kentucky basketball players love hibachi. There's a restaurant. I'm not going to say where it is because I, I, people will bombard it probably. And a lot of people probably know. There's a place in Lexington that those dudes go to all the time. If I would drive by there on like almost any weeknight, I would see like sometimes the the actual like the van that takes transports them all would pull up and the entire team would come out and go to this Japanese steakhouse. Uh, and athletes love Benihana, like of all kinds. I mean, I, I so many times I hear them talking about and I love it too. I mean, who doesn't love watching the guy make the volcano out of the onions and fire come out of it? The fried rice is awesome. Getting the shrimp flung into your mouth from a spatula. It's great. Good time. It's kind of a social way to eat because you sit around the big, you know, grill. But Winyan and Hami were at a Benihana in Vegas and in walks Bam Adebayo. They hadn't invited him. He just showed up there on his own to eat. And so they were like, oh, cool. And then an earthquake hit, like the big earthquake that shut down Summer League that night. Um, And Winyan's like, you know. We're just hanging out, eating in Vegas, and in walks one of our brothers, and then we all experience our first earthquake together. And he said, like, that, we're everywhere, and that is, like, the thing that, he said, the, the best thing I got out of my time at Kentucky, when you and Gabriel was saying this, is that brotherhood. And then several guys used that term, the bro, you know, brotherhood, not the brotherhood, but just the concept of brotherhood, that they're, the older guys in the NBA from Kentucky often reach out to the younger guys, show them the ropes. He's like, you know, we all, even when we leave, we keep watching. So we know who the next guys are. And, you know, we see each other and we, we give each other love, even though we didn't play together. Um, so that was interesting. I thought the other thing that was interesting that Willie, I think I mentioned this actually already on the podcast, but it's in the story. Willie Cauley Stein, he just signed with the Warriors who've been to five straight NBA finals and won three. He was wearing his Warriors shirt around you know, all around uh, Summer League, you know, making sure everybody knew he was with the Warriors now. And he's like, a bunch of people have said they want this on a t-shirt. His one quote was, this Kentucky, can I say a curse, one curse word on a podcast? Okay. Uh, he said this, he, what did he say, this Kentucky shit is real? Uh, or something like that. Or serious, I can't remember the quote now. I'm botching it. But, um, and he said that, you know, the only thing that uh, approaches what it's like to be a Kentucky basketball player in the NBA is to be with the Warriors. He's like, everywhere I go, people are giving me love. He's like, it's like just like being at Kentucky. So I thought Kentucky fans probably enjoy that comparison that it's 
the only thing like being a Kentucky player is being on the most exciting NBA franchise in the last 20 years or whatever. Um, and then I guess the last thing I, that of note out of that was Tyler Hero talking about how he was already sensing, like in the summer league, that people were coming at him different. Like that, like guys know when you're a Kentucky guy that everybody's kind of coming at you, especially in a place like a summer league where everybody's trying to prove that they belong in the NBA. It's like, well, if I light up this Kentucky dude, you know, I'm doing something. And he said, we all kind of get that, and we all come back at them even harder because our the way we feel is we're playing for something special. Like we represent something special and they want to like not be the Kentucky guy that gets lit up. So um, anyway, I hope people will check it out. It, the, this is a, a surprising turn of events that of all the things that story became the most popular thing we've had at the athletic in terms of Kentucky stuff of this off season. And I, and I, my boss was asking me kind of like, why do you think that is? Um, my theory, and you can tell me what you think, Curtis. I think a lot of Kentucky fans wonder with so many one or two year guys that just aren't here that long, do these players actually connect to the program? Like, do they get what it means? Does it mean something to, to them to be in the program? And I think a story like this sort of reflects like, yeah, it does. Like, they care. They're proud of their time at Kentucky. They connect to each other, the guys they played with. They also connect. Two guys they didn't play with because it's like, hey, you're you're one of you're one of us, uh, and they think of it as an us. It wasn't. It's that it's it says to people that like Kentucky wasn't just a stopover for them, even though it was a short period of time. That like, yeah, they connected to it while they were here. Yeah, that sounds. I like that theory. Also, I mean, when you have a nice quote like both Collie Stein and Bam taking a shot at Duke. Those yeah, things also yeah. help, I think. Yeah, when you tease the story with the, those uh, those incendiary quotes, it helps. Everybody loves a shot at Duke. I mean, that's one of college basketball as a nation that everybody wants to do as, as much as possible. And, you know, I guess you know we can mention along those lines, the basketball tournament was in town here in Lexington last week, well, last weekend, and Daniel Orton played on DeMarcus Cousins' team, and he was interviewed by our buddy Ben Roberts at the Herald-Leader, and he had nice things to say, and I thought, you know, nothing was super-duper interesting, but he did sign the big basketball court that they put up this mm-hmm. year of all the former Kentucky players in the practice facility, took a tour of campus, said that was the first time he'd able to be back in Lexington because his pro career had been overseas, so he was always all over the place. Um, but he can. But Ben pointed out that he used the we when talking about Kentucky, which I think is exactly kind of one of the points of your article. They still feel that connection. Yep. Even he was, I mean, he was on first, the first Calipari team. And of all the guys not to have a connection to the Calipari era, it's him for a multitude of reasons, including he would, he committed to the coach before Calipari. Yep. Um, and so that, I think that connection is real. And you, I think, put it in put it in a nice layout there by, by talking to those guys in summer league. Yeah, and that's a good. Also, that's a good story. Ben's guy I just pulled it up. I actually hadn't seen it. I wondered when he, I saw him tweeting from out there yesterday, uh, Sunday. I wondered if that was the story he was going to do. It's one I thought about doing. I just had too much family stuff going yeah. on this weekend, but um, I'm a little jealous that he went and did it because I've always wanted to talk to Daniel Orton about like, you know. Uh, I think he's one of the guys that uh, maybe didn't leave here on great terms. You know, what are the feelings on his side? And, you know, the headline in the story for Ben's piece is there's, quote, there's no hatchet to bury. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, sounds like he's, you know, made 
peace or made up with whoever any bridges he burned here. Maybe he's um, salvaged, but uh, that was a good story idea by Ben. I, people ought to check it out. Um, but yeah, I, for the most part, though, like I think probably excluding Daniel Orton, guys, even when they turn pro, they finish their courses so that they don't like screw the program over on the way out the door because we, as we know, that hurts you in the APR and all those things. Um, and they keep coming back here. I mean, Orton, this was his first time back here in a decade. Mm-hmm. But Julius Randle was here like a week ago. Yeah. Um, Bam Adebayo and all these guys, like they come back here and work out and they come back and hang out. Um, you know, Julius brought his kid and, you know, there's pictures of him and Cal and uh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, I think, has been here a gazillion times. He loves this place. Yeah. He was here, uh, I guess it's probably been two weeks ago doing some work with the, the Special Olympics. So yeah, those guys do. The connection's real, and you know, you you wrote it down in words, but they're backed up by actions, which yeah. we all just just pointed out. Coming up next, uh, I guess we'll kind of flip it on its head to a certain extent because there was a former player who has lost a little bit of that connection with the UK program. But before that, check this out. You are locked on Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Did you see the comments from Kyle Macy that went a little bit viral at the end of last week, Kyle? Yes, and he should be excommunicated. <laughs> and, uh, no, I know that people got riled up about him. Um, I think they're a little get off my lawnish. Uh, I think they're. I disagree with Kyle Macy on all that. I don't think people should just crush the guy and like tell him to get lost or find a new team to root for. You know, some of the things you saw people yeah. say to him but i think he's i think he's wrong um he said something like uh kentucky shouldn't be just a pro training ground yeah that was well, one like of the quotes. well yeah they should be <laughs> everything about college the entire idea of college is to be a pro training ground for whatever your chosen vocation uh yeah it should be um i would also point out like i i get like the silliest thing Cal did when he, in his entire time at Kentucky was saying that thing about greatest day in the program's history. But I think a couple things. I think, one, people need to understand that what Cal says publicly is always recruiting. Yes. It's not, these are my feelings about what matters. It's, this is what I want recruits to hear. And, and so, like, when he talks about players first and the draft is so important and, you know, what matters most is getting these guys ready for their next thing. One, that's important. And if you don't care about these guys, you're kind of like a – you're kind of a bad person if you don't – if you only care about these players insofar as they – what they get your team. I'm sorry, but you're kind of a bad – I'm not saying Kyle is. I'm saying, like, if people who are just like, I don't care about their – I don't care what happens to them. They just need to win me a title. Well, you're kind of a bad person, if that's your opinion. So that is important. But it's also not the totality of how Cal Perry feels. He's recruiting. He was recruiting that night. Here's what Cal – here's what Cal in the moment – one, he was drunk on – not drunk, drunk. He was drunk on <laughs> Red the excitement of what had just happened because I believe he knew in that very moment that he had just changed everything. Because he got John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins, all the guys. He made Kentucky cool, and draft night made him draft. We're NBA U. 
He knew at that moment that he was going to be able to get any kid that he wanted for a while. And so then he, he immediately went into selling that message that this is the greatest night in our program's history. We've got six guys drafted, five in the first round or whatever it was. That was salesmanship. If you don't think Cal wants to win every night, I mean, he hates that people doubt him. He's a guy who's come up with this chip on his shoulder that like he doesn't belong in the club. And that's the reason he's puffed his chest out so much being at Kentucky because now he's finally in the club after being at places that were non-traditional like UMass and Memphis. Not powers, having to sort of scratch and climb. Now he's here. but he's, And he thinks people still doubt him, which they do, and he hates it. And the only way he knows, the only way he can shut that up is to win titles. I'm sure the dude wakes up in cold sweats thinking about how he blew it on a chance to go 40-0 and 0 and shut people up forever. If you don't think that kills the dude, you're insane. So, one, I don't think that's how Cal feels. I really don't. I don't think he doesn't want to win a title. Two, he has the same number of titles as the guy who coached Kyle Macy. Mm-hmm. And, and went to more Final Fours. And has had more seasons where they were contenders for the national title then the and I'm not knocking Joby Hall. He's a great coach, but every coach who's been at Kentucky since Adolph Rupp, Calipari has been a more consistent national championship contender than any, and than any other coach in college basketball. In contention, they're always in the mix, and they have draft success. So I I just think, like I'm not here defending Cal. Cal should have at least one more title. He should probably have two more titles, and he was in the he was right there to have three or four more titles. He should have more than one championship. He should have had one at Memphis. Should have cared a little more about free throws. He dismissed that all year, and then they blew the free throws. Like, I'm not here defending Cal in general. But this idea that, like, Cal has made a mockery of whatever or whatever, it's silly. I think it's silly. And to say they shouldn't be a pro training ground, is absurd. That is what college is. It's all college is, is a training ground. The thing I think that if I want to defend the comment of greatest day in Kentucky basketball history, it was a sale of what just happened, but also that night set up what all you just laid out, the success that Calipari had had in the past, the decade after. And so that's what I think. I think his that line was a projection forward, more than a look back. So I, I that's how I always interpreted it. And I think he has tweaked the message to a certain extent in the last couple of years, specifically where he's made it very clear. He was like, uh, in the preseason, it's about you. Once the season gets going, it's all about the team. And then once the season ends, it's about individuals again. And so there is a balance. And the one thing that I always point out when this discussion arises, because I feel like it happens every summer because something along these lines happened and we got to fill time, is that these two things aren't mutually exclusive. You can win a lot and have high draft picks. The one other comment that Macy said that people were interested in, it was the fact uh, about him being welcome at practice. The quote was, and this was from an interview on Fox Sports 1260, He said, there were times I could go to practice whenever I wanted and feel welcome, but I don't know if that's the case now. I don't really have any desire to go there and go to practice. Okay, so one, if you don't want to go, then what? Well, that's the thing. This is Two, if you wanted to get me welcome, you totally blew that out of the water. I mean, like, 
I'd really like to be welcome at practice. I think Cal sucks. Well, I don't think he said no, Cal sucks. No, but I'm just saying, you don't go it's, on the attack and then say, no, they don't want me in practice. That, I, don't, I don't get it. That quote has been used as divisive, but I don't think it's that divisive in the sense that there was a hubbub, uh, was that two summers ago or last summer, between the 96 team and Cal, where people thought that they hated each other for an Instagram post, I think, by Derek Anderson that I accidentally helped start and because uh, uh, I took a screenshot of it, and then I got accused of editing. But anyway, never mind. Um it's a fa- the fact that this isn't this isn't the coaching staff Kyle Macy knows. It isn't his Kentucky program. Like there's obviously been new coaches. He's if Kyle Macy wanted to go to the basketball facility and watch practice, he probably could. He would. Yeah, he could and would. I mean, Joe B. Should. Hall was his coach. Yeah, and Joe B. Hall. Like the, they're like uh, part of the entire thing about Calipari is that he has extended yeah a hand to a lot of these former players and coaches and made them. Welcome. I mean, he's the. I believe he's the one who got rings for all the uh, the ninety six. All the guys. Was it ninety six or ninety eight? I can't remember which one that ended up happening with. Um, I mean, Joe. He's like adopted Joe B. Yeah, Joe B's there all the time. They're best buds. I don't. I don't think he's like you know exclusionary. The thing is, like this is we. You disagreed with Kyle on his points. But it's not like, and other people have those opinions yeah. as well. No, I don't think not, you know. I think he's a terrible person. I just think he's wrong. Yeah, that's that's uh, what, and, and that's he, and he would say that I'm wrong, and that's fine. But yeah, I mean, he also is one of the great players in Kentucky history, and should be revered and respected. And you know, I mean, like I like I think I looked into this a while back because I was thinking about writing something about it. Like when Kyle Macy was a player here. Like shortly thereafter, there was a spike in people in the state of Kentucky being named Kyle. Like people named their kids. Kyle Macy might be the most named after player in Kentucky history. Is that who you're One, named after? A, yeah, I'm named after. Yeah, he's he's my dad. I'm, this is why I have so much. <laughs> <laughs> we have a strained relationship. No, uh, but Macy Morris is named after Kyle Macy. Yeah. Um, you know there are several people like that. So. Uh, like you don't, he doesn't need to be like banished from the program or pushed out by the fans or crapped on by the fans. Um, I think he could have handled it better, but it's also not like he came on. Well, he didn't go to the Herald Leader. It's he didn't a, come on like I'm sure he there didn't were, go on TV. I did on some random radio interview in Indiana. Yeah, and I think it went down a path of him wanting the Indiana series back, and he's from Indiana originally, played at Kentucky, so obviously that me- that rivalry means more to him than probably anybody in the entire world. And look, I'd like to see him play that series, but it's also it's a nostalgic. Yeah, argument but. because like one playing indiana does nothing for you right now they're not any good two the last time they were there like there's a reason they d- stopped playing calipari thought his players were going to get trampled yep. and i know everybody rolls their eyes and acts like that's not like a valid concern if you think that you weren't there that day because i was and it was scary as hell humble break uh you know they had you know, Michael Stone, the academic advisor, who's a big dude. My introduction to him was thinking that they he was a bouncer that they like a, they had hired like an enforcer because he was like dragging Marcus Teague through this very very hostile crowd that was saying some awful stuff to him and kind of pushing in his direction because he's an Indiana kid who ended up going yeah. to Kentucky. You know, Darius Miller went down trying to stop that winning shot for Indiana. And was on the court when the storming happened and just about got trampled over. They didn't like it. 
They did not like how they were treated there. And they don't and and I think Cal Perry is well within his rights to say, I'm not going back to play in that building. Um and again, who cares if they don't play Indiana? It's not like they don't play anybody. They play better programs. They have these events where they're going to play Ohio State, UCLA, uh, or North Carolina every year in the CBS Sports Classic. They're going to play Michigan State, Kansas, or Duke in the Champions Classic. They're going to play Louisville every year. They're going to play Kansas or Texas or West Virginia in the Big 12 every year. I I would like to see them play Indiana just because everybody would get fired up about it. Mm-hmm. But it's not... Like, it's not that big a deal. Um, we got to leave it there. You've been going. You've been talking too much, Kyle. Yeah. The point is, I disagree with Kyle Macy completely. But, but he does don't. not need to be treated like some sort of like uh, pariah, big blue pariah. Yeah. And he had a tweet this morning, and it was a lightning strike on one of his trees. Trees, and he said, "If you have any doubt, if God loves the Wildcats, this just happened when you stir up some fans." And he said, "Hashtag don't disagree with Cal." So he's having, <laughs> he's having a little fun with it as well on his end. So uh, be sure to be reading Kyle's work on The Athletic and follow him on social media. At Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. I'm at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Follow along on Twitter and Instagram at LockedOnUK. Please subscribe and then share this podcast with somebody else who would enjoy. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and thanks to I Am Third for sponsoring this edition of the show. We'll talk to you soon. are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.